This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Friday, November 10th, 2023, I'm Samantha Riddle. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, 96-year-old Korean War veteran still attempting to get Purple Heart Medal after seven decades. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Emma Johnson will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Sean Kelly will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a partly cloudy 54 degrees. And now on to our top story. The Jordan River is a winding 200-plus mile run to the east of Israel and the occupied West Bank. The sea is glittering Mediterranean to its west, but a phase about but a phrase about the science in between, quote, from the river to the sea, unquote, has become a battle cry with new power to roll Jews and pro-Palestinian activists in the aftermath of Hamas's deadly rampage across southern Israel on October 7th and Israel's bombardment of Gaza quote from the river to the sea Palestinian Palestine will be free unquote chanted pro-Palestinian activists from London to Rome and Washington many Palestinian activists say it's a call for freedom after 75 years of Israel's statehood Jews hear a demand for Israel's destruction A 96-year-old Korean War veteran from Minnesota has been waiting for 70 years for a Purple Heart medal. The Army keeps turning him down. He has provided documents to back up his assertion that he was wounded in combat in June 1951. His doctors at the Department of Veterans Affairs accepted his account that the shrapnel in his thigh came from a mortar attack. But an Army Review Board has issued what it called a final rejection in April, citing insufficient documentation. Meyer sued the Army in September. Now the office of the Sergeant Major of the Army says it's going to take another look. Thousands of Palestinians sheltering from the Israel-Hamas war at Gaza City Main Hospital are fleeing south today after several reported strikes in and around the campground overnight. They join a growing exodus of people escaping intense urban fighting in the north, including North near other hospitals. The search for safety across Gaza has grown desperate. As Israel intensifies its assault on the territory's largest city, Gaza officials say more than 11,000 Palestinians have died during the war, which was triggered by a Hamas incarcen of Israel that led to some 1,400 deaths. The October 7th Hamas raid on Israel and Israel's response have led to demonstration on college campuses that have sometimes turned violent. The unease is felt acutely at Tulane University in New Orleans, where 43% of students are Jewish. An October 26th demonstration on a street running through campus erupted in violence between pro-Palestinian demonstrators and counter-demonstrators supporting Israel. Jewish students say the events on campus and elsewhere have shattered their sense of safety. Meanwhile, people on both sides say they believe students have grown more reluctant to openly take positions in support of Israel or the Palestinians. A federal judge has upheld the Biden administration's approval 
for the Willow oil drilling project on Alaska's remote North Slope, a massive project that drew the rye of environmentalists who accused the president of backpedaling on his pledge to combat climate change. U.S. District Court Judge Sharon Gleason rejects rejected calls made by grassroots Anopita group and environmentalists to active to I'm sorry to vacate the approval and dismissed their claims. These those groups raised concerns about planet warming, greenhouse gas emissions from Willow and argued that federal agencies fail to consider how increased emissions from the project would affect ice relatant species. Environmental groups have vowed to appeal the ruling. Coming up, West Virginia agrees to pay $4 million in lawsuit over jail conditions. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. Tired of the same old music every day? Check out our selection of alternative music like... Check us out Tuesday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Monday through Wednesday at night, 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. Get your dose of the latest and greatest of the progressive, indie, and alternative genre. Only the best on WMUL 88.1, The Cutting Edge. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Samantha Riddle. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. Democratic operatives believe that Joe Manchin's decision not to seek re-election virtually ensures the party will lose his Senate seat in deep red West Virginia next year. At the same time, some Democratic officials are concerned that Manchin's announcement frees him to pursue a third-party presidential bid. Some think Manchin might ultimately undermine President Joe Biden's re-election. Overall, Manchin's announcement injects a new layer of uncertainty for Democratic leaders already anxious about the party's prospects in 2024. Biden is seeking a second term despite persistent concerns about his age and economic leadership. And Democrats are clinging to a 51 to 49 majority in the Senate. An attorney says that the state of West Virginia has agreed to pay $4 million to settle a class action lawsuit filed by inmates over jail conditions. Plaintiff's attorney, Stephen New, disclosed the figure yesterday in a federal court in Beckley. News outlets report a judge must approve the settlement. The money would be, a, would be splitting among more than 9,000 inmates at the Southern Regional Jail in Beaver, dating to September 2020. The lawsuit was filed last year. The suit refer- referenced a lack of access to water and food, as well as overcrowding and fights that were allowed to continue until someone was injured. The Republican congressman who leads the House GOP's investigation of the origins of COVID-19 says he won't seek re-election next year. 
Representative Brad Winstrip represents Ohio's 2nd Congressional District and was first elected to the House in 2012. He said in a video yesterday that he would be stepping down to spend more time with his family. Winstrip's announcement came the same day another congressman also said he wouldn't seek re-election. Democrat Derek Kilmer represents Washington State's 6th District and also cited a desire to spend more time with his family. They are among nearly two dozen House members to announce they won't be running again in 2024. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell has been increasingly isolated on foreign policy among his GOP colleagues, a growing number of whom have distanced themselves as a matter of course from U.S. environmental involvement abroad, and particularly on Ukraine. Their sentiment was partly been shaped by former President Donald Trump, who rallied against forever wars. The Republican over the issue has become a pivotal moment in U.S. politics that has put Ukraine aid and America's role in the world in doubt. The White House is pushing Congress to pass a massive foreign aid package for both Ukraine and Israel's war against Hamas. Failing to pass the aid would be, quote, a disaster for Ukraine and disaster for us, unquote, McConnell said. The ex-Louisville police officer on trial for firing at Breonna Taylor's apartment has testified he had to react quickly after his fellow officers were fired on. Brett Hankison says he saw a muzzle flash from inside Taylor's hallway. The shot was fired by Taylor's boyfriend and struck another officer in the leg. Taylor, a 26-year-old black woman, was shot and killed by other officers. Hankison says he moved to the side of the apartment and fired in through a sliding glass door. Prosecutors have argued Hankison was firing erratically without identifying a target. None of his shots hit anyone. Coming up next, former Indiana sheriff accused of having employees perform personal chores charged with theft. That and more news from around the nation when New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back into the Soul Ballroom at the Convention Center in Riviera Maya, Mexico. WMUL welcomes you to the mountain town of Blacksburg, Virginia. We are high up here at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the 2005 Crackback Women's Basketball Tournament. Welcome back to Firestone Stadium in Akron, Ohio. The 2005. Bottom of the first inning, no score here at Appalachian Power Park. Marshall. WMUL FM. Huntington. Welcome back to New Center 88, voted best radio news reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellent Awards. I'm Samantha Riddle. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. Two Florida sheriff's deputies remain hospitalized after undergoing surgery for injuries they suffered when a man intentionally plowed into them with his car. Sheriff Chad Cronister said today that deputies Carlos Brito and Manny Santos have a long road to recovery after suffering severe leg injuries. 
The two were answering a call yesterday from a woman who said her son, Ralph Boozy, was acting irrationally. Chronister says that Boozy took off in his car when the deputies arrived and then quickly raced back down the residential street and struck them. The sheriff's office posted a photo of Chronister with a smiling Santos and his wife in a Tampa General Hospital room. Authorities say vigilante who fired two shots inside of a New York City subway station after another man tried to steal a woman's purse was arrested on charges including reckless endangerment and mansing. 43-year-old John Rote was arrested Wednesday in connection with the shooting that a top transit official called, quote, outrageous, unquote, and, quote, unacceptable, unquote. Authorities said Rote was inside the 49th Street station in Midtown Manhattan shortly after 9 p.m. Tuesday, when 49-year-old Matthew Reich tried to grab a 40-year-old woman's purse, they say Rote fired two shots. No one was hit. Both men are awaiting arraignment. It is not clear if they have attorneys. State police say a former Southern Indiana sheriff has been charged with multiple counts, including corruption, theft, and ghost employment for allegedly having his employees perform personal chores on his property. Police said yesterday that former Clark County Sheriff Jamie Noel is charged with five counts of theft, four counts each of ghost employment and official misconduct, and single counts of corrupt business influence and obstruction of justice. The 52-year-old Noel was arrested Wednesday and was released after posting bond yesterday. His attorney says he has no comment on the charges. The futuristic B-21 Raider warplane has taken its first flight, moving it closer to becoming the nation's next nuclear weapons stealther bomb. Today, the Raider flew out of Paladam, California, where it was under, where it has been under testing and development by Northrop Grumman. The Air Force plans to build 100 of the warplanes, which have a flying wingspan much like their predecessor, the B-2 Spirit. But the Raider will incorporate advanced materials, propulsion, and stealth technology to make it more survivable in future conflict. The plane is planned to be produced in variants without, with and without pilots. Hollywood's months of labor unrest are coming to an end. But the post-strike landscape that awaits actors and writers may be far from happy ever after. As actors swap their picket signs for audition signs and call sheets, they'll be returning to an industry still in the midst of painful transformation and streaming upheaval. Even before the strike, every studio was re-examining its streaming strategy. After several years of rampant green lights, most are pulling back, looking to make fewer series and movies, cutting staff, and seeking a path toward profitability. Coming up next, judge declines for now to push back Trump's classified documents trial, but postpones other deadlines. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. But mom, don't but mom me. You heard what the doctor said. I'm fine. I just got my bell rung. It's not like I blacked out. You've had headaches, dizzy spells, and you're just not yourself. That's not feeling fine. Come on. I can't miss the game. It's still serious even if you didn't black out. It's better to miss one game than the whole season. All concussions are serious. Know the warning signs and never let your child return to play before a health care professional says it's okay. A message from CDC. Aww. 
The radio won't work. You should worry less about that radio and concentrate on fishing. Besides, there's nothing good to listen to on the radio nowadays. Here we go again. Back in my day, music was good. They played all those good oldies that I love. Of course, they were called newies back then. But Grandpa, if we turn to 88.1 WMUL, we can listen to oldies. Huh? We can also listen to alternative, blues, jazz, hip-hop, and more. All that in one station? Then hurry up, boy, get that radio working. 88.1 WMUL, the cutting edge since 1961. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Samantha Riddle. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. The White House says President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping will discuss trade, Taiwan, and fraught U.S.-Chinese relations when they meet next week in the San Francisco Bay Area. Biden and Xi will be in San Francisco for the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. China's foreign ministry confirms Xi will attend APEC at Biden's invitation. Biden and Xi have no shortage of difficult issues to address in their first engagement in a year. Taiwan's upcoming election, differences over U.S. export controls on advanced technology, North Korea, and the Israel-Hamas war, and more are expected to be on the agenda. An attorney for New York City Mayor Eric Adams confirmed that the FBI seized phones and iPad from the mayor this week as part of an investigation into his campaign funding. Boyd Johnson said today the seizures happened after an event Monday night. The seizure of the devices comes days after federal agents searched the Brooklyn home of Adams' top campaign fundraiser, Brianna Suggs. Adams said nothing publicly about his phones being seized when he met with reporters on Wednesday. He said he wasn't aware of any wrongdoing by members of his campaign team. Johnson says Adams is committed to cooperating with the investigation. Threatening letters sent to local election offices in at least five states, some including fentanyl, are the latest concern for local election workers around the country. They already have faced harassment and even death threats since the 2020 presidential election. An environment of fear and exhaustion has led to staff turnover, which has sparked concern over how prepared local offices will be heading into what is shaping up as a highly volatile election year. Despite the worries, election directors say they and their staffs are resilient and more committed than ever to run secure elections in 2024. New House Speaker Mike Johnson is facing his first big test as he tries to win House Republican support for a short-term funding plan to advert a government shutdown. The task looks increasingly difficult. Federal agencies are making plans for a shutdown that would shutter government services and halt paychecks for millions of federal workers and military troops. It's a disruption that Johnson said he wants to avoid. But House lawmakers left Washington without a plan after a week of setbacks. Republicans who were granted anatomy to discuss internal deliberations say Johnson is still sounding out support among Republicans and is expected to unveil the legislation over the weekend. A federal judge in Florida has declined for now to postpone former President Donald Trump's classified documents trial. U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon pushed back several pre-trial deadlines in a ruling today that left the May 2024 trial date intact. Trump faces four criminal cases unfolding in different cities as he seeks to reclaim the White House next year. The Florida felony charges accuse the Republican ex-president of illegally retaining classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago estate and hiding them from the government investigators. Trump denies wrongdoing. And coming up, Emma Johnson will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Sean Kelly will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us.
Here's your cappuccino, miss. Great, thanks. Coffee with cream? Look, almost half of all new STD infections are among young people 15 to 24 years old. Yet most infections have no symptoms. The only way to know for sure is to be tested. So GYT, get yourself tested. Visit GYTnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. A message from CDC. Merlin, I need your help. The armies of darkness are at Camelot's gates, but Excalibur is destroyed. Fear not, Arthur, for I have in my hands a weapon far more powerful than the world has ever seen. The pure, sweet song of its blade leaving the sheath is able to pierce the air itself. This sword doesn't have a name. It is WMUL, The Cutting Edge. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Emma Johnson, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It's currently a partly cloudy 54 degrees. Temperatures will drop to the mid 40s around 8 p.m. tonight and will continue to drop into the low 40s and high 30s as the night continues, which is a huge drop in temperatures compared to earlier this week when the hot temperatures of summer made an appearance. As we head towards this weekend, we will see highs in the upper 50s with lows in the mid to low 30s. No rain is expected this week, excuse me, this weekend, making this weekend perfect sweater weather, sweater weather, which is my favorite time of the year. And today in weather history, on this day in 1987, a cold front brought snow to the Appalachian region and freezing temperatures to the central U.S. Up to nine inches of snow blanketed Garrett County of extreme western Maryland. Freezing temperatures were reported as far south as El Paso, Texas and San Angelo, Texas. Gale force winds lashed in the mid- middle Atlantic coast and the coast of southern New England. Thunderstorms brought fire-quenching rains to Alabama and produced large hail and damaging winds to eastern North Carolina. Ahead of the cold front, seven cities in Florida and Georgia reported record high temperatures for the date as readings warmed into the 80s. Thank you, weather4u.com, for that information. And that does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it's a partly cloudy 54 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Emma Johnson. Thanks, Emma. Now Sean Kelly joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, guys. Starting off with Marshall Athletics news. Three events are happening today, starting with cross-country in the NCAA Mid-Atlantic Regional Championship from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. This morning, graduate student Abby Herring finished with the best time out of any of the herd runners, placing sixth in the women's 6K with a time of 19 minutes 52 seconds. Herring also finished fifth in the one-mile, eighth in the two-mile, and ninth in the 4,000-meter. With those results, Herring placed sixth overall and is the first woman in Marshall cross-country history to make the NCAA National Championships. In addition to that, Herring is the third runner in school history to advance to nationals, joining Kim Nutter, who did so in 1979, and Matt Schiffbauer, who did in 2011. As a team, the women's side finished 15th out of 27 teams in the 6K, and in the men's 10K, Evan White finished best out of the herd runners with a time of 30 minutes 56 seconds and a placement of 46 with the team finishing 20th overall. The action continues across Marshall Athletics at 7 p.m. as herd volleyball plays 
game one of its final series of the season on the road against the Arkansas State Red Wolves, and men's basketball faces off against the Radford Highlanders at the Greenbrier Resort. Herd Volleyball is playing for its first win since October 21st, seeking to bounce back from its current four-match losing streak. The Red Wolves also seek to avenge its most recent defeat after its loss to the ULM Warhawks this past Saturday. Meanwhile, men's basketball looks to keep its positive start to the season, coming off of its victory over the Queens Royals this past Monday. Radford heads into its match 0-1 to start the year after its loss to the North Carolina Tar Heels on Monday. Three events are also happening over the weekend, starting with Saturday with Herd Volleyball traveling for its final game of the season, and at home with Marshall Football as it faces the Georgia Southern Eagles in the 75 game. Currently on a 75 game skit, uh, currently on a five game skit, excuse me, the Herd enters Saturday with a four and five overall record, seeking to bounce back in its penultimate home game of the season. You can tune in right here on WMEL FM as Ben Cower will be on play-by-play and I will be on color commentary. Pre-game coverage begins at 6 p.m. The Eagles enter Jones C. Edwards Stadium with a record of 6-3 on the year, having lost last week at Texas State. A Marshall victory puts the team one win away from bowl eligibility, while a Georgia Southern victory can place its second in the Sunbelt East standings. Finally, men's soccer wraps up this weekend in Marshall Athletics as it faces, faces the three-seed West Virginia Mountaineers in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game and Mountain State Derby from Hoops Family Field. The two sides faced off once before in 2023, with the Mountaineers taking the last match by a score of 5-2 from Morgantown back on October 18th. Both sides have yet to win a Sunbelt Conference tournament in men's soccer, as Marshall last won a conference tournament championship back in 2019 as a member of Conference USA, as did the Mountaineers as a member of the Big 12 Conference. You can tune in to Sunday's match here on WMUL-FM as John Boggess and Jonathan Edwards will be on the call with pregame coverage beginning at 12.30 p.m. Now for some news from around the sports world. In world soccer news, Israel's national soccer team has arrived in Kosovo amid tight security measures at the airport ahead of a postponed European Championship qualifier. The team's two buses were accompanied by several police vehicles and armed officers as left the airport. There was also tight security at the hotel where the team was staying ahead of Saturday, Sunday's game. It is the first match Israel plays since the October 7th attack by Hamas and the ongoing war in Gaza. It was originally scheduled for October 15th. The Israeli, the Israeli Soccer Federation posted a video on social media showing players getting off the team bus on its way to the airport in Israel to take, to take cover by the roadside, apparently amid nearby rocket fire. Moving on to Major League Baseball news, Gerardo Parra of Baby Shark fame will be the new first base coach for the Washington Nationals as part of a series of changes to manager Dave Martinez's staff. The club announced the new roles on Friday, the Nationals went 71-91 and in 2023 for their fourth consecutive last-place finish in the NL East. Miguel Cairo will be Martinez's bench coach, and Ricky Gutierrez is shifting from third base coach after her holding the title of run prevention coordinator in 2023. Chris Johnson was hired as assistant hitting coach, and holdovers include hitting coach Darnell Coles, pitching coach Jim Hickey, catching and strategy coach Henry Blanco, and bullpen coach Ricky Bones. Finally, UFC 295 is missing some serious star power. The original main event of John Jones versus Stipe Miocic in the UFC Heavyweight Championship was canceled. Jones tore a pectoral tendon off the bone during training last month and needed surgery. Miocic did not get a replacement fight and will sit out on Saturday's UFC 295 show at Madison Square Garden. The fight for the vacant light heavyweight title between uh, Hiri, P- Hiri Poazaka, excuse me, and Alex Parada was bumped to the main event. Sergey pa- Pavlovich fights Tom Aspinall in the interim heavyweight championship.
That'll do it for the FM88 Sports Port. For FM88 Sports, I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks, Sean. Coming up, Wildlife Refuge Pond in Hawaii mysteriously turns bright pink. Brought may, drought may be to blame. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. You've supported her through every accomplishment in her life. Cross, pull, I tied my shoes. While your ultimate goal is to teach her to stand on her own. Let go, let go. I can do it. There are things she just can't do without your support. There were drugs and alcohol at the party. Talk with the teens in your life. And if they're in substance abuse treatment and recovery, support them. Help them turn the hardest thing they've ever done into their greatest accomplishment. For information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. And finally today on New Center 88, a pond in Hawaii has turned so bubblegum pink it could be from the set of Barbie. The bizarre phenomenon is likely caused by drought. Scientists are warning visitors against entering the water or drinking it. U.S. Fish and Wildlife staff at the Kilia Pond National Wildlife Refuge in Maui have been monitoring the pond's bright colors since October 30th. Early indications point to halo bacteria as the source of the color. They are organisms that thrive in bodies of water with high levels of salt. Right now, the salinity inside the Kalia Pond outlet is twice the salinity of... And that does it for this edition of New Center 88. Tune in Monday at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Michaela Wheeler, Emma Johnson, Sean Kelly... David Adkins, and for the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Samantha Riddle, and your thought of the day is, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Walt Disney.